Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to week 222 and video episode number 48 of Music Is Not a Genre. Each week, I take a release or two from my collection. I discuss them and give you my take on them, throwing some interesting stuff, connective tissue and all of that, and connect it to my music and to other music in the world and to the world in general. Uh, as always, if you like this podcast or my other podcasts or anything on this channel, please take a moment to subscribe. Uh, better yet, uh, if you'd like to support me, please head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash musicisnotagenre. The link is right up there uh, on the right of the banner, uh, very near the subscribe button, I believe. So uh, please check those out and share this with anyone you think is uh, interested in uh, music of all kinds, uh, obsessed about music, eclectic tastes, and all of that. Uh, and wants to talk, because I always want to hear from you, too. Um, this is being recorded late, mid-December, mid-December, 2020. So enough said there. Uh, I'm going to make this one a shorty, uh, because, you know, the holidays are coming, or they're here already, depending on who you are. And um, I just want to make a quick uh, comment or two about this craziness that I have in front of me and uh, related to the holiday season. So um, every year, as always, uh, for people who give gifts, you know, uh, many of us uh, kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Many of us don't. What I do is I like to make lists. I make lists throughout the year for many different things. But in particular for gifts, um, you never know when you're going to come up with an idea for somebody. So, you know, I throw it on a list. I'm sure many of you do too or you do too. Um, and inevitably, every single year, because I'm a musician and a creator and a music lover, music is, you know, one of the things that I love to give. I love to share. As you, I mean, I'm here sharing music when it comes to gifts, doubly, triply so, you know, really. And uh, yet, in the last few years, I've kind of hit a wall. Um, and that wall, and here are my notes, by the way. Here, take a picture so you can just read this. Uh, you know, and that wall is that as music has shifted over to streaming, I don't know how to gift music. And that's why this week's topic is how do you gift music now? Seriously, I'm asking. Um, I, for a while, when streaming was just starting, I was still buying CDs both for myself and for others. It kind of worked out, but what I noticed over those few years, and let's say in the early teens or a little before then even, uh, the CDs that I would buy people would kind of just be put in a pile and never really played, uh, you know, more and more. In the beginning, maybe, 
uh, towards the end of the first half of this decade? No, absolutely not. And so I said, well, I can't do that anymore because you want people to hear the music that you're playing, whether it's something that you know they'll love because they ask for it or you know what their tastes are or something you want to share. And in my case, I try to do both. I try to give uh, music that is both clearly they that person loves it. Uh, and then I also try to think of other things they might like, uh, the way the Pandora algorithm does and things like that, other algorithms. Uh, but I do it in my head. And uh, hopefully ex slightly expand their tastes or their knowledge of music or whatever, because it's part of what I do. And also really because if it's music I like and in the realm of something that they might like, then I want to share it because that shared experience means even more than I think than just listening yourself. Um, why we go to concerts and, you know, stuff like that. That's why we've been missing them so much this year. Now, uh, that can't be done with streaming as a gift. You can do it with streaming at a party, if you're playing and people are there. Uh, there, there used to be parties where people would be in homes uh, together and not just on uh, streaming services. Um, and that's fine, but as far as gifts go, I've tried that. Um, you know, I even, I even you know, write down here, it's really one of my favorite things to do, as I've said, and I get more and more frustrated each year of how to do that in a way that gives the gift receiver the time to kind of absorb it themselves. You know, it's one thing if you're like, hey, we're sitting down to dinner or whatever, I've got a song to play you or a band uh, you might like. Well, that's cool. But that to me, that's not exactly a gift. You know, when you're talking about wrapping something up or even sending something digitally, like a gift card or stuff like that. Things that that person now owns exclusively and can do whatever they want with it, whenever they want with it. I don't know how to do that with music anymore. Um, a few years ago, when I saw the streaming happening more, I would then uh, shift to making playlists. Um, and they would either be on YouTube or Spotify, and I would share the playlists with people. And that might be listened to, they might not be listened to, but either way, there's that kind of that missing, that tangible, you know, you have albums here, which I'm actually going to get to. And you may wonder why I have these two albums paired together and you're going to find out. Hope you've been staring at them, wondering if I'm going to talk about them because I'm going to. Uh, you'll see how it all ties in if I can, you know, if it does. <laughs> uh, and... That ability to open up a CD and maybe read the lyrics or see the photos or whatever it is or check the liner notes if you're that kind of person, which I am, um, is something that I've been doing ever since, uh, you know, vinyl and cassettes and certainly with CDs. You can look that stuff up online while you're listening to it. I do that, actually. But that, again, none of this is gift material, you know. So, you know, and, and look, I am not talking against streaming services or YouTube or any of that. I think the ability to find any song you want at your fingertips is freaking amazing. It's like a, it's a, it's, it's, it's like a musician has died and gone to heaven in a certain way, or a music lover, let's say. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying it needs to be an either or. I love the existence of all these services. I wish they paid the artists more, uh, and however that can be done. But otherwise, I think they're wonderful things. Um, you know, what I'm saying is you can't give them as gifts. You can give somebody a subscription to a streaming service as gifts, but how in the world is that actually sharing the music that you love or that they love? You may not even know what they end up listening to. And part of the shared experience is knowing, 
you know? So, you know, you might say, um, create a playlist on a CD. I'm reading my notes here, which I used to do all the time, all the time. After I graduated from cassettes to CD, I would make playlists either for parties or for people. And the thing about it is, you know, and why do that? Because you can personalize it, the whole deal, and you're giving them a mix of stuff that you, they can't find in one spot anywhere else unless a playlist is created. And then they have something tangible. You know, who has CD players? Who actually uses the CD player in the computer if they even have the drive? Who has a standalone CD player anymore? Yeah, I know some of you do. I do. But I'll tell you what, I don't use it. I haven't used it in so long. Uh, I'll use, I'll honestly use the turntable right now more than I do a CD player because I get a kick out of just putting something on and dropping the needle and listening to it like that, which I did with last week's selections, if you're following along. I don't, I don't know how to do that. You know, uh, sheesh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to create that type of tangible experience with, uh, any type of gift that I'm giving and the and that playlist, unfortunately, it gets thrown in the CD pile with everything else because nobody really uses their players. So you might say, well, just get it anyway, right? Get them, get them CD, get them vinyl. It becomes a collector's item. It doesn't become something that they rip open and listen to. It goes on a shelf somewhere, and they might be grateful for it, especially if they're a collector, if they're a music connoisseur, and all that stuff. But it, it's it's not, it's not what I'm going for. I'm going for the way it kind of used to be, which is you buy someone a CD you know the love and they put it on right away, maybe even with you there, and then you're chilling and listening to it and you're sharing that experience and you're talking about it and you're finding out more about that person, about the music, about yourself, and all of that, right? And so I don't... And, 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 and forget, you know, about the fact that a lot of the things that you would buy as special items for people are super expensive these days, like box sets, uh, collector's editions, stuff like that. And again, I love all that, but if it's not in your budget, it's not, it's not the same thing as, let's say, you buy somebody a book. People still love to read tangible books these days, along with their e-readers and stuff like that. And so that's not something that's quite died out yet. It may one day. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. I uh, like that when things coexist, I'm not saying either or is better. Uh, there are benefits to both. And that's the case, again, with this kind of, you know, streaming or non-streaming uh, they should be able to coexist. They really don't. They do in the world, but they really don't in the experience of all of us and certainly not with gift giving. And so what I am doing right here is throwing out a petition to you and saying, give me some ideas of how to gift music, how to tangibly gift music to people, you know, in a way that's affordable. Do I buy a cheap CD player uh, that has its own speakers and, and give it to them? Maybe I don't know. I just came up with that. That might work with the, the with the disc. I don't. I'm. I really, really don't know. And it's just something I just sorely miss, especially for someone who does not have the greatest uh, imagination when it comes to giving special gifts to people. I can always count on my you know musical knowledge and connections to to get there with almost anybody. And that's just been slowly. That's slowly ebbed. You know. And I and I don't know what to replace it with. Um, and, and that's really my answer is I don't know. I'm actually asking you, you know. Um, funny thing is, these were actually gifts uh, in a way. These are not from my collection. Uh, I never bought them. I didn't buy them when they came out, especially that one. I don't think I had the legs to do that. Um, 
And uh, even though I'm in, you know, I, I respect both of these bands, maybe one more than another or whatever, the artists, uh, not something I would go out, uh, I, I, or I did go out and spend money on. Somebody, uh, somebody was cleaning out their record collection. They gave these to me because I'm like, don't throw them away. There were some others where I was like, ah, you can give them away or whatever, or sell them on eBay. But these I wanted because I know the artists and I, and I like some of what they do. And uh, uh, that's why I have this here. But this is like, you know, the, the, again, I appreciate that. And at the same time, what are the odds that I'm going to throw these on the turntable? To prep for this, I went to Spotify and I listened to some of the music. I didn't really need to listen to this one so much, but I had to listen to some of these. And while we're talking about it, let me, let me go into this since that's a part of the point of these podcasts, right? Um, I appreciate, but one more point, I appreciate the, these as gifts, but again, they're kind of relics. I'm not going to use them the way you would you normally have used them, which is to put them on play and listen to them as they are, you know? Um, so anyway, Led Zeppelin 2, uh, their, in a way, their breakout album was the album that was, that was considered their heaviest. It was 1969. It's also number 123 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time this, this year. It opens with Whole Lot of Love, My God, and has sung Thank You on it, and it's other just amazing songs, hard blues songs. They, a lot of bands considered this the template for future heavy metal, um, but came out in 69, wasn't quite ready to listen to this. Uh, so about 10 years later was when I heard and liked my first Led Zepp song on the radio, and that was Fool in the Rain uh, from, I think, In Through the Outdoor. Is that what it was? Um, but it would take me another 10 years, or right around or 89, 90, I think it was, when they released the box set on CD, which is what I ended up devouring, because that was my classic rock period. I was getting into a ton of it back then. And so that's when I really delved into Led Zeppelin. Um, if you haven't, great album to start with. And then Brannigan 2, uh, artists with, the, with that, their second album as well. There's a connection, right? And they're gifts, so that's a connection. They sound a lot alike, too. They really sound amazingly. No, 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 they don't. So Laura Branigan has always had a great voice. Her song from her first album, Gloria, was always one of my favorites. Uh, this album came out in 1983, and it has um, the hit, uh, what, uh, what hit was it? Uh, it's somewhere over here. Um, well, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You, the Michael Bolton song. He co-wrote it, and she was the first one to record it several years before he did. He had a big hit with it. She had a very big hit, too. A lot of critics believe that hers is uh, better, it's more soulful. And Michael Bolton's awesome. You know, I, I give him hand, you know, props. He seems like a great guy and a guy with a good sense of humor, and etc. And, you know, powerful voice. But I got to hand it to her as far as which version is better hearkening back to, you know, a different podcast from a couple of weeks ago. Um, she also did, weirdly, do you know the song Der Commissar? Ow, 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 Der Commissar, don't turn around, or something like that, right? She slowed it down, because it was from a couple years before this album, slowed it down, kept the same arrangement, made all the, ling ing, uh, the, uh, the lyrics English and completely different, from the English version of Der Commissar, and called it Deep in the Dark. And it's a little cheesy, but it's kind of decent, and I, partly because I just like the original song. 
And then she did a cover of The Who's Squeeze Box, which wasn't that bad, honestly. It was pretty darn good. I, uh, because she has a good voice, she can carry it. And, the, you know, the arrangements were kind of cool. And The Who's one of my favorite bands, you know, top five and all. So it was cool to listen to. But especially cool because 83 was a time before the 80s became the 80s in many ways. They weren't the big 80s with all the reverb and the big production values and all that stuff. This was still when the productions were kind of tight. They, you know, reverb was creeping in, but this, this album was still kind of adhered to that kind of late 70s, early 80s tight production, one of my favorite production periods in history, uh, in music history. And that's these albums. That's the albums that are gifts. And I'm putting this out to you again. Please tell me how to gift music. Just put your answers down there. I don't have any other questions other than, yeah, by God, how do you gift music? Do you prefer to get physical music from people? Does anybody even give you physical music again? Do you prefer to give physical music to people? CDs and cassettes and stuff. And man, I got to tell you, I'm really getting into cassettes again, as a lot of people are. Um, Help me out. Help me out. As always, discuss. Throw down your comments. Let me know what you think of these, this music. Let me know what you think of everything I just said. Uh, because as always, my objectives here are music, conversation, and connection. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, for clicking, for sharing, for listening to my dog burp off camera, for all of those things, for checking out my Patreon page, dot com slash music is not a genre. And uh, for any love of music, I hope you have wonderful holidays if that's when you're watching this. And if not, I hope you have an awesome week. And uh, for those of you watching in real time-ish, I will see you next year. It's my last podcast of 2020. A lot of changes. Watch my next podcast coming in a couple of days and you'll hear about those changes. And in the meantime, ride out the year in style as best we can. And I will talk to you in 2021. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.